Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. Woo, 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 woo! You know Brother Alexander is with us today, digging it big, you know what I mean? I'm I'm always here, I'm ready to delve into the seedy underbelly of our society! Well, you know, we we bring everybody a glorious guest this evening on the Behold the Pill podcast for another guest. Yes, that's right. Uh, Celebrity guest in the business, in the building, but rather, you know, in the business too. Big business, big corporation type stuff. Um, The great Michael St. Michael is on the show. Uh, If you don't know who I'm talking about real quick, he was in a little film called The Video Dead. Back in the Dizay, and uh, for more of the Wizay of his A, uh, he was just in the great Greasy Strangler, man. And the Greasy Strangler is a great uh, new age comedy. The last 10 years it was made. Uh, best indie comedy in the last 10 years. Uh, really, really, really cool flick. And uh, Michael's a really good dude. He's been on the network before, friend of the network. So always good to kind of bring him in. And uh, I know that he gets a little passionate about th- this subject. And how could you not when you're talking about the world changing and life changing and ending for everybody around you that bring that, that is part of the human species, you know what I mean? And uh, this was a real fun episode. It gets a little bleak as you know, the behold episodes tend to do, but only with reality. Um, and we kind of use, use it as a little spoonful of sugar, help the medicine go down because go down, go down like hog does because oh, yeah. it's definitely one of those deals that if you don't if people don't kind of get hip to it it will eventually be the uh, life-ending problem you know what i mean it'll be one of those things where um once you once you once it's really noticeable then there's really no 
going back. As we'll get into, you know, that even if things were kind of to stop today, we'd still be dealing with it, you know what I mean? The train can't just stop on a dime. It might throw them brakes on and screech for the next 300 feet. But that's a lot of 300 feet, homie. That's yeah, like before you know it, we got beachfront property. Beachfront property, uh, that's how our boy does it, you know what I mean? So with that being said, without any further ado, we welcome our guest, Michael St. Michael's, to the Behold a Pale podcast program. Michael, how you doing over there? Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. You know, to see you guys. Absolutely, how always. How you been? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. It's been hot out here. Yeah. Boiling hot. My God, it's, it's ridiculously hot. We just got a dog recently, so now I have duties of making sure he gets walked appropriately. And uh, it is not a fun ordeal. The heat, it's like you're going out. I don't mind a nice night walk, but you're going out in the middle of the day. Woo, you don't know if you're going to get your way back. You don't know if you're going to survive. <laughs> You're, you're yeah. going to end up melting on the sidewalk with uh, how the heat is right now. So bring a good barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you don't want to waste a good dog, you know. That's true. <laughs> I always keep uh, kitchen condiments on me just in case because you never know when you're going to need them, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He starts <laughs> looking at you with those puppy dog eyes as you put the ketchup on the barbecue sauce on. Okay, it's time to serve you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced they all, all dogs have sad eyes when they, they want when they want something. So you know the, the, the massive the heat that we got going on here, you know, kind of fits into the, the episode theme a little bit. You know, with the climate control and now everything's kind of becoming an issue. You know what I mean? A serious issue. I know we we're talking about the side effects of the sea level. The sea levels going up. Yeah, I mean it's it's been something that. Uh, actually, it was first discovered over a century ago that the CO2 was affecting the atmosphere. There was a, a woman in London who was a scientist who everybody just brushed off because she's a woman. Uh, you know, but then I, I really blew it because I didn't, I can't read her name and, uh, like that. But one of the, one of the, the side effects that they don't talk about with this climate change, along with uh, the mass migrations of tons of people all over the world having to go someplace to try and eat. Uh, I mean, like the war in the Middle East in Syria, that started because of climate change. Yeah. Uh, the farmers, after seven years of drought, asked the government for help. The government just shot at them. Uh, that caused that rebellion. Yeah. But worse is they're talking about going nuclear, of, of you know, atomic reactors, and they're this and they're that. But we haven't even cleaned up Three Mile Island yet. Uh, Chernobyl, as we see in the last few months, came under attack uh, during the war. I mean... The stuff is not safe. There's no place to put it. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of putting it, we connect, we, we literally decimated the Marshall Islands in the 50s and into the 60s. 
uh, testing nuclear bombs. In fact, the biggest one ever exploded went off there. It uh, turned this nice little island into a a hole in the ocean. <laughs> but, but so they decided because they had to clean it up, is to scrape everything out, put it in there, and they did that, but they didn't have adequate suns. They only really cleaned up about 8% of uh, the debris and everything on the islands, because to totally clean them up, they almost have to erase them. Right. And then on top of that, we took all the nuclear waste we had in this country that we could gather up, transport safely, sort of, and uh, move that there and dump that in there. And then we covered it in this nice, thick, 13-inch dome of cement. Yeah. Supposed to, and, you know, had it been maintained, might have kept it in. But as sea levels rising, uh, the island is not really sinking, uh, it's but it's getting submerged, and the water is seeping in underneath it, and it's leaching out. And uh, the, some of this stuff hasn't its effect. The worst of it, and there's a lot of it there, has an atomic half life of over twenty four thousand years. Now, if you can imagine hanging out for the next. 48,000 or yeah, 52,000 years to survive it. Uh, that's what we've left ourselves with. It's some scary stuff. I mean, you, th- you, th- you think about all the stuff that's in the bottom of the ocean with the dumping of the nuclear waste and like bomb stuff. And I, I can't, I can't think of anything scarier than it's like tidal wave tidal. When I, when I try to think of the most horrifying thing, it's a tidal wave, a tsunami, just that massive wave coming at you that that it's all over. You know what I mean? People go, well, it'll be quick. Don't worry about it. I don't think it'd be that quick. You know what I mean? It depends. I live at the beach. It'd and, be quick for you. Yeah, <laughs> I really feel sorry for you. I mean, today it's like 75. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's nice. We're cooking. My hottest day was eighty, and uh, you know. But we're gonna. I, I don't know. We're supposed to get some rain, so we'll get some humidity too. Yeah. But the heat here is rather dry because this is a desert. But yeah. uh, I don't you guys, know. You guys, have- everything going on is a moot point if we can't tackle our environment. I mean, you know, we're being plagued with invasive species because of our global trade. Uh, They've got these little, cute little uh, striped mussels. They're very tiny, but they clog intakes. So, like, if you have, you're using seawater to cool anything, or... You're going to convert seawater into fresh water. These things are going to get in there and stop it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> and nobody is calculating the the climate footprint of this war that's going on, which we're spending billions on. Yeah, if we yeah. could spend that on trying to clean up or at least convert our power 
resources to something sustainable, which is possible. In the Caribbean, there's an island. Uh, oh, God. Here I go again. Anyway, after uh, they were wiped out by a massive hurricane that destroyed everything, maybe two or three houses left. Yeah. Uh, and they started going solar. Uh, it's a lot more expensive for them to do it because nothing comes from there. Right. They have to import everything. But they were importing before uh, 4,000 4, barrels of oil a month to power the 100 or so residents of this island. And uh, at over, you know, that's, that's $400,000 a month that they, this hundred people have to come up with every month, and that's before they eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're solar now, which is nice. They're kind of paying it forward towards the future. <laughs> well, they're not completely. They're almost there. Trying. They've got another 30% to go, but the money they're saving has also allowed them to build better schools and roads. And uh, some other mitigating things for uh, sea level rise. Yeah. <laughs> Which they wouldn't have been able to do uh, had solar power not been available. Yeah. Now, it's... I all, Whenever I think of like all the toxic waste and all that that found its way to the bottom of the ocean, I always think... I always think of like Godzilla in a way, because when you think about it, it's almost like if you, if you, we, you know, the bottom of the ocean is so vast and we don't know, there's so little we know about it already and all the different types of fish that are down there. It's like, it's not hard to believe that if there was thought like t they were eating this toxic waste, that they could almost like morph into a real problem one day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that uh, definitely uh, mutations and all that is possible. I don't think we're going to have like uh, a hundred, uh, yeah, not a hundred or eighty thousand uh, ton beasts. But um, yeah, I mean, you especially when you have fish and other uh, aquatics, you know, eating all this uh, toxic waste, and then of course they get eaten by bigger fish, and then those fish are then caught by us. And then we eat it. I mean, the thing is, no matter what we do, we're going to get get it in the end. It, it's it's the karmic justice. Because... What do you guys... Least, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the... Well, like the, the Pacific Gyre, that big... It's an island now. Yeah. Uh, and it's being habited uh, by sea creatures and some mammals are also there. I, they don't know how they got there, but there's seabirds and there's, you know, uh, lots of sea life under it. There are enzymes that do eat that stuff, but they're negated by the fact that, you know, it's like, what, 4 million or 400 million tons a year of waste goes into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was okay last week, but we can't do it this week, you know? Yeah. 
There won't be any ocean left. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, how long do you think it would take before the oceans got to a point where we couldn't even enter them anymore? It would be like, you know, you get out, go in there, you get sick, or the, you know what I mean? Something comes to get you. Well, it's parasite. It's, I mean, you know, like the uh, the currents, uh, the Gulf Stream is slowing down. Uh, the circulation within the ocean which is actually where we get most of our oxygen supply from. They talk about the rainforest and all that, and they're, they're a major contributor, but the bulk of our oxygen comes from the ocean. And since the circulation and upwelling is not going on the way it used to, there are big dead zones in the ocean now that weren't there before. Uh, they aren't getting any better. We may get an ice age if the Gulf Stream stops, but uh, by then, it may be too late for all of us. And it's not too late yet. We have technology that could go out and do things. We just don't have the will. We have a government controlled by big oil uh, that wants to keep the status quo yeah. And it's doing really everything to spread lies about the fact that... Did you know that the polar caps are increasing in size? No. I heard this on a right-wing station the other day. And that uh, the Earth is actually cooler now than it was 50 years ago. <laughs> I was yeah. 50 years ago, and I don't remember it being this hot. <laughs> no. I, things are definitely, I mean, you get the fires that are, they're, they're starting up and you can't stop them. I mean, things are definitely getting, I think we'd have more of an issue with things getting hotter than, than colder. You know what I mean? For now, yeah. For now, yeah. I mean, it will swing back. And if we survive this, we could have another ice age. But we've got to survive this first. Yeah. Like I know I have grandkids, and I would like them to at least get into as much trouble as I did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I got a bleak question for you. You know, humanity as itself. Do you have? Do you think there's like a possibility that like it just it's supposed to go this way? Almost like they weren't built to last. And like maybe the human ego thinks that we can go on type deal. Like a what you know. Because realistically, like, it's almost like people are in a hurry. You know, there are people that care about trying to save the earth and, you know, a better future. But there's people, there's a lot of people that just don't care. And you think it's, what do you, you know what I mean? What do you think that's all about? First of all, it's not saving the earth. The earth isn't going anywhere. Saving us. saving our lives. We are the ones that are going to eat shit. Not to mention all the innocent creatures around us. Uh, you know, it's like we produce, I mean, for a long time, we, we consume 25% of the planet's resources. And the rest of the world did the other 75%. Yeah. Uh, Russia came up on that. Europe came up on that. Uh, China's definitely coming up on that. I mean, we import our smog from China now, uh, yeah. but uh, but that's not sustainable. And the people who do live sustainably are going to be the first to go. Yeah. Uh, like you know, like look what we did to the Marshall Islands. The Seychelles 
I mean, when pe- when their prime minister tried to talk about it, even they had a a coup and put him in jail. That, I mean, who's behind that coup uh, that doesn't want people seeing it? You know, or even thinking about global warming, because that means we got to stop fossil fuels. Yeah. If we stopped it today, it would still get worse for another 20 years before it started getting better. It would seem better because it would be more spread out, but the stuff has to be mitigated. And to do that, we need things that will eat the CO2 and the methane, which is even worse. Mm. And that's coming from all that wonderful uh, frozen tundra. Cow uh, farts. Yeah. Cow oh, farts, too. Cow farts. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I cow shit. I guess the only way to take care of that is we got to uh, kill all the cows and, and keep them from farting, and that's, that's how, uh, how we uh, save ourselves. Now it's we all just the cows' fault. How do you feel about population control? You know what I mean? Uh, well, so far we use war mostly, but um, we're now, because all these pathogens are getting out there that haven't been seen while we were around, Yeah, uh, that'll take care of a lot of it. Uh, of course, it'll also affect the poorest because, like, you know, now we're going into the big panic about uh, monkeypox. Mm. Uh, people are panicking because they can't get tested, they can't get shots. And what about the developing world, which we used to call the third world? Uh, they don't even have a chance. Right. But a lot of them have built up immunities to it because. They've lived with it for years. We haven't. Yeah. The population control thing, that can get real scary when you die and go into a deep deep dive on that stuff too, you know what I mean? How they, they, they the powers to be, if you will, suppose you know, they only want a certain amount of people here and you do think of things like, you know, the pandemic and all types yeah. of cre- you know, things where it's an easy way. Like you brought up wars. Like I think the future of war is like uh, these weather machine type deals. You know what I mean? Where if you have a, you have a big issue with some country, you can wipe out their whole coast with like a, like a man-made tidal wave type deal. And then you don't have to drop a bomb and you're still the good guy. Cause everybody wants to be the good guy. And, you know, they don't want the, the bad image of being these killers on their hands. So like, I think that that's like the future where they're going with war. Then, then it's too far because after they have that national disaster that they created, they come in with a red cross looking like the heroes. Big money. You know? And get, uh, get you know, uh, money that way. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's also, uh, we're so kind to our refugees. Uh, unless you're white, then you can get in. But uh, the racism and it has to stop. I don't know. Uh, I hear about the Aryan nation and their their Aryan gene pool. Yeah. But that will disintegrate a lot faster if there isn't diversity. And the only way to get diversity is by 
creating their quote mud people. Yeah. See, see that that's the plan. Okay, that's a good way to take care of it. just just lock them all up in one area. They just keep on inbreeding until they breed themselves out. Yeah. You guys think it's you know? I mean, you you all become an inbred weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but we don't have to. We would be better off if, if maybe of our population in the planet, only a third of it was left because we've, we've destroyed so much of the place that used to grow food and people could live sustainably on that they can't anymore. Yeah. Uh, it can be brought back. But it takes time, effort, and money. And nobody wants to give them the money. We'd rather buy bombs and new technology to blow people up. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, the human race is insane. Yeah. And the yeah. few people who have any power and say anything about it are just dismissed. Humanity burns the candle at both ends, for sure, I think. It I chases, always... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it chases after, like, the overall cure while, while like, somehow, like, uh, I don't know, leaving wreckage in its path so it can't go back, you know what I mean? So it just has to move forward as quickly as possible type deal. And that's the technology thing, which is scary. I mean, that's moving way too quick right now. It's pretty... It's going to be you know, 2001 pretty soon where the computer will be telling you what you can and can't do, and that's going to be troublesome. They already do, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. We just have to learn not to shit in our own nest. Yeah. If we can learn that, we might have a chance. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. The, um, yeah, the, the po- yeah, population control, that stuff gets real scary The Climate control, you know, with the rising waters, that's a huge issue. People, it's, it's very little at a time, you know, it's a very little bit at a time, so they're not really, it's not weighing up in their head, you know what I mean? The actual, what it's going to be like if it, if water rose, you know, like 20 feet, like, that'd be quite an issue for people. Uh, I know if it does, I'll be on an island, <laughs> the Los Angeles, uh, go- the Gulf of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, like, I, I kind of, when I was on the come up as a child, my family was kind of religious. And I remember they uh, they always used to say um, that California was going to kind of, like, fall off or something like that. Do you ever hear that deal, fall into the ocean? Oh, yeah. I used to live just east of the San Andreas Fault. And so on those days when it was going to fall off, we the night before, we we kept we get surfboards and go out and get a lot of beer and drugs. And, uh, unfortunately, we woke up the next day uh, and had to go to work. <laughs> but yeah, we will get hit by a really big one, and it will cause a lot of. Well, it'll take out. We're, California is the fifth largest economy in the world, yeah. and it will be, it can be big enough to take it out. It's half of the entertainment business right there, you know what I mean? What are we going to do? Oh, well, we'll have to start off over here on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it started in the East Coast. It started in New Jersey. Yeah. You said all that, that party talk made me... I, I know you're a fan of Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show, I see. Yeah. I love Dr. Hook. I, I, I seen you post in a video of it, and I, you know, cover the Rolling Stone, and I had to give kudos because I don't see enough people giving respect up to Dr. Hook. I love Dr. Hook. <laughs> yeah. I was, when we were in New York with the Greasy Strangler, I was singing that song in my head while they were, while Rolling Stone was interviewing us. <laughs> Word up. Hell yeah. Yeah, the, uh, they get a lot of good jams. Dr. Hooks, it's like they get, there's two singers. One of them was like a raspy voiced, like blues <laughs> singer. And the other one had like a real beautiful, like singer's voice. And they would do songs that were like about crazy life stuff that was like heartfelt. And then they'd do like Penicillin Penny about like getting, you know, STDs from groupies and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, they had. Uh, I think Shel Silverstein wrote some yeah. of the lyrics, which was kind of like a fun fact with them. Yeah. One of the driving fact forces behind Mad Magazine, where it was at its top. Yeah, uh, I like Lord Buckley too. Do you ever? Do you remember anything about him? No. Uh, Mad Magazine published uh, his Night Before Christmas and his Gettysburg Address every year. Uh, I used to know some of them. I, you know, it's like the Gettysburg Address started with four beats and seven bars ago. RP4 daddies brought forth a new gig geared to the hip. And that's as far as I remember that. But, uh, classic. He spoke bebop. <laughs> I like that. Like radio personalities. Yeah. Mad closed their doors recently, didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah, they went under, you know, everything does. Nothing lasts forever. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's time for something else. Yeah. So, like, with with a situation like a harp where they're kind of ma- manipulating weather, I know that you said that, the, you know, to fix the problem would be kind of like a CO, putting more CO2 in the air. Is that what you were thinking? Uh, well, we need more oxygen. Yeah. Oxygen will burn the CO, the, the hydrocarbons. Yeah. You have to excuse me. I get uh, probably 200 robocalls a day. All's well, all's well. And uh, they just, I don't know. There's like, somebody says, 40 million robocalls made a day in this country. And I only get a couple hundred of them, so I feel <laughs> I'm left out. <laughs> That's part of the problem, too. There's so many of them coming around. Yeah, if you work nights. Oh, for sure. Problem. For sure. And I am a night worker. So yeah, I definitely, there you go. I definitely don't get down with that stuff. The, um, I remember in um, – Matt, we're Massachusetts people. I remember in the 90s – there was a um, the Church of Euthanasia. Does that f- name sound familiar at all? And their whole their 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 slogan was like "Save Save the Earth, Kill Yourself" or something like that. Yeah, very idea. Very yeah. extreme. Yeah, very extreme group. Not really. No, Probably more realistic than a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, you know this thing we've done. The Supreme Court seems to be knocking down everything that has anything to do with uh, 
any progress we've made in this country. Uh, they want to turn us back into serfs yeah. and, uh, you know, an oligarch, oligarchic society. Yeah. And they came close and they may still get there. I mean, it's, uh, we got to vote for people who just don't belong to oil or pharmaceutical companies. That's huge. I mean, Eisenhower warned us about the uh, military industrial complex just as it was taking hold. Yeah. Because he saw it. You know, I mean, he did, well, he built all our freeways. They used that as a racist tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to get rid of that. We need to realize that people genetically are people and some have better sunscreen than others. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, there there's definitely like race, you know, racist people in the world. I feel like it's it's a push the media pushes it too, I'd say, cuz it's definitely it's one of those things where I think I think there's a lot of like classism in there as well. Like it, 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 it I think boy, more so now it's more of like what, what your financial status is. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people of different colors and, and backgrounds and all that can relate to each other. I think that's part of the big fight is making those groups think that they can't relate to each other and keep them fighting while like the big evil people are, you know, doing what they do. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole idea of, you know, uh, the house divided uh, falls. I mean, I, the, the whole thing is that it's about those, the 1%, the wealthy, controlling those who are the majority. And the way they do that is they, they put in strive, they put, uh, they put the racist, racism beliefs and, and all that onto the uh, poor on on all sides. So you have the poor fighting amongst each other, thinking that oh, I I lost my job because of this guy who replaced me, who happens to be a different color than me. But the truth is, they had nothing to do with it. It's your white bosses that you know decide to do that, and they're claiming oh, we had to do it. We had to fire you to put this other person in. Which, well, that's true. It's, no, it's all concocted. I mean, it's all, yeah. That is true to some extent, because when they got this equal rights thing amendment uh, that came along with the time to when they finally lived up to the promises of the Civil War and let the slaves vote. Uh, but if you look at Congress, it's still mostly old white guys, uh, there are people sneaking in, but boy, are they attacked. I mean, they've got one Muslim in Congress, and she is so reviled by everybody outside of her district who love her because she works for them. And they're not a majority Muslims, uh, you know, constituency that she has. We've got to pick people who work for making our lives at least less of a hassle. Right. Not better. I mean, 
every day we get new laws that say you can't do this this way, you can't do it that way, you have to do it, you know. I mean, it's like I'm on Social Security and I get a pension, but I have to work because between the two, I can no longer afford to live. Right. Uh, and there's an awful lot of people on fixed incomes who uh, inflation has taken out because they say, oh, well, we're, you know, on paper, it says that it's supposed to keep pace with inflation. But when they take out everything that really counts, like food, uh, in that equation, you can't keep up. You think they do it so you rely on them more type deal, you know, as a whole? I think that's got to be it in a yeah. dark, twisted way, you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that they have a bureaucracy that's there to deny you, like yeah. in the medical field. I had a growth on my neck. I had to threaten a lawsuit after two years of going through the system to get them to do something about this. Yeah. I mean, I it was getting to the I mean, it was just a little pimple when it started, and I first brought attention to it. And it was about the size of a softball before I went into surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, our, well, I don't deal with bureaucracies. They they just overwhelm me. I know, because I'm, I'm eligible for all these programs that I can't fill the paperwork out properly for. Yeah. I know there's one thing. I did it for three years before they, uh, before I finally just gave up. I mean, do you think that it's? You think it's possible not to get bleak again? Do you think it's possible for us to like get like a good-hearted, you know, out for the people person is in the president seat? You know, with it being so corrupt. I mean, they're so shameless at this point where they don't even care. You know what I mean? If you know how corrupt they're being. Well, the last time we had a Satan office was Jimmy Carter. And you saw how he, what happened to him. Uh, um, He wasn't really that good a president, but he was at least honest and transparent which is something we don't get from anybody else or haven't. Yeah. (laughs) I liked Nixon personally. I never voted for him, but personally I liked him. Instead of declaring a war on drugs when it first became apparent that we had a problem, he wanted and did started educational things. Yeah. Rehab things. Uh, And then Somebody died, and they OD'd, and so we had to go to war with these people, which any any kind of war is an opening for stealing. Right. So, uh, well, the war on drugs. It's a moot point. If we can't control our environment, and we can, we have the know-how, we have the technology, and we're developing more technologies all the time. If we devote half the energy we devote to making things that destroy us into something that will help us survive, uh, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, since the 60s, I've been raving about it. Uh, I know in the 60s, he said, if all pollution stopped now, it would be five years before it would start getting better. Yeah. And for two of those five years, it would be getting worse. But they uh, they say wow. that about the the president. They say that about the presidents. They say that like the actual effects of them, you don't even feel their effects until like a president or two down the line from the impact of what they actually put in there. You know what I mean? That wasn't true during World War Two. Yeah. When everybody was working together at a common cause. It's like the only common cause we seem to understand in our government is war. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't even pass Bill Back Better, but we could give twice that amount of money in guns and training to, uh, you know, the Ukraine, which I don't think is a bad thing because Russia obviously was the aggressor, but... Uh, so we have a proxy war. Big business, man. But war's big business. That was the scary thing about COVID is like when everybody was out of work and every, there was so much money lost. That's what worried. We, we talked about it on the show. We worried that a war was coming because, you know, whenever they need to make a lot of money, war is kind of that thing. Yeah, only if it's somebody else fighting you, you're just selling them the guns. Yeah. Uh, if you're involved in it yourself, you're on the losing end. I mean, the only the only country that's going to win after this one is China. Yeah. You know, because Russia is going to be, their military is going to be destroyed. Uh, our economy is going to be destroyed because, well, the Western world is fighting it. And uh, we can pull it together, but will we? Right. Uh, but if there's no place that's habitable for us. It doesn't matter. Right. That's so the key. We've got to make this planet habitable. Yeah. It's huge. So hopefully people can get it together, you know what I mean, and, and fill out, figure out the, big, the bigger picture. A lot of people, they're all, they got that, that small picture going, you know what I mean? Everyday stuff, just trying to get through the day, and they don't really stop to think about, like, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, if they're going to have kids, their kids are going to have kids. You know, you don't really, you don't want them to have to, you know, they don't have to put on, you know, a bunch of sunscreen looking like big Ronnie and the greasy strangler just to go out, <laughs> just to go to the beach. You know what I mean? Going to be mm-hmm. like covered in stuff, man. Horrifying. Well, I mean, I mean no, most- that's the idea, you know, is to keep, keep the masses just to the point where they can't think about anything is about, other than where am I going to get my next meal from? Yeah. Uh, do I have, you know, look at all the people on the street. You know how much it costs to get out? I was on the street once, and I could have never gotten off there by myself. Uh, it's impossible. People who are on welfare cannot afford first, last month, and a deposit to move into a place and sustain it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, there's Man. just too much of that bullshit going on Hello. and it's getting worse. I know. How's I, the, how's the homeless situation going in California now? Cause like, it was really bad, uh, like a year ago. So it wasn't 
wasn't it? Or it still is? How, yeah, how is it? it's, it's probably worse now, but they don't really? talk about it as much. Yeah. Uh, they built 80 units of... Uh, are you part of the 80 units they bought uh, so they could get 80 people off the homeless list? You're not? Then why did you call? Uh, they just... Uh, you know, 80 people, but in the same time, maybe a hundred and something have, have joined their ranks. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the way it's going around here. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, medicinal marijuana? And like the last couple of years, it's became legal in just about everywhere, I'd say. There's certain states that aren't cool with it, but for the most part, it's uh, legal, you know, medicinal first, and then uh, you can just recreational now pretty much everywhere as well. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts on that is, is the same as uh, Goldwater. The government should just stay out of your life other than defending you and seeing that, you know, we have an infrastructure you can live with. But what you want to do to yourself, uh, unless it causes harm to others, yeah. uh, you should be left alone. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's... It's ridiculous. It's like hemp. Hemp has nothing to do with THC and marijuana. And it's, you can make way more paper than you can using a, forest, a tree. And it's more renewable. Uh, you can make hemp creek. Yeah. Ford uh built a car completely out of hemp in the 30s. Hmm. It even ran on it. But everything, the tires, the wheels, the engine, all of it was hemp. Unfortunately, it went up in smoke. I don't know. It's, it's about time that they finally legalized. There's a, there's a lot. Of, I mean, me- medical, you know, arthritis, people sleeping, eating, appetite. There's a lot to it. And then even recreational, it's like I never, I never thought it was. I thought alcohol was always way worse than somebody smoking weed. You know, but yeah. I used to be a heavy drunk. It happens uh, to the best of us. You know what I mean? No, but, no it's like uh, THC oil. Is uh, you know, it was something that's uh, really good for seizures. Yeah, finding that LSD and mushrooms and psilocybin, uh, peyote, are a big help for people with PTSD. I know, and whenever I get to a point where I'm just so full of anxiety, it's ridiculous. I eat a eat a piece of mushroom. Yeah. And uh, it smooths you out. Yeah, it does. I support that. I I did when I, I did mushrooms once when I was younger, and it was a bad story because we did um, probably took too much, and we we walked down power lines, and all we had to drink was hot beer. <laughs> Let's just say I threw those mushrooms up. But I once thought I was in a field of flowers, and when I came back to consciousness. I was in the middle of an intersection. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, that's <laughs> see, that's the that's the fun kind. That's, the most- yeah, you know, it's like um, you need you need help with this stuff. It's not to be taken lightly, right? Uh, it needs supervision. Yeah. Uh, after a certain point, but uh, with less than that, with less than something that sends you way out into the well, I took it for that because I really like the hallucinations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if you can take enough to not hallucinate, it has a lot of therapeutic effect. And that's all part of nature. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to destroy it. Right. You know, I mean, they want to. Yesterday, they declared the monarch butterfly an endangered species. And this is after years of trying to get everybody to plant milkweed around there so they'd have something to eat. Yeah. it's uh it's very interesting like the new age when you're talking about with the hallucinogenics how they're bring the medical field is using it now like for you know ptsd like you said and depression and stuff i think it's big you know i think it's you know a lot of those those type of head drugs that kind of get you in yourself so to speak and then you can kind of you know think i think that's important you know i think it's you know, it was bastardized from way back, you know, like the same way weed was and stuff where, you know, it just got a bad rap, but I mean, it just, it grows wildly, you know what I mean? It can't be, uh, I mean, it could be wild things go, it can be bad for you, but they're, they're proven not to be bad for you. You know, it's. Well, that's why the Indians have sweat lodges. Yeah. That's a medicine that they take. Uh, they get ayahuasca or something like that. The new thing I hear a lot about where they go and they go into like some Indian village and they smoke it and they're like, they feel like they're dying and go to hell. And then they talk to God and it's like uh, a, like a, a, like a couple hour ordeal. And you, you're like, it kind of, that sounds like peyote. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. The ugliest thing I ever tasted in my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, I choked it down. <laughs> and then I got diarrhea. Uh, I was throwing up and sweating like a pig. And as I was puking, I noticed there were these demons falling to the ground, going, like, "Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was a good thing then." And then, then all of them are gone, and you become light. See, you that's that's what you into a room, and it illuminates you. Illuminate it with your presence. Yeah, uh, there is nothing you don't know. Uh, or you have no questions, I'm not sure which, but you are confident that whatever it is, you know it. And then it goes away. Yeah, that's the deal, because I, I, it's, it's all an inner self thing, and, you know, I think, like, with Alcoholics Anonymous, I believe there's a stage in that where, like, you write yourself a letter, or you write yourself when you were, when you were using, a letter or something like that. And that's kind of the same thing when you really think about those drugs where you go within yourself, because you're really just having a personal dialogue with yourself, which some people can't really do when, you know, in regular, regular day stuff. And it's huge. I think that that's almost like, I think people should be, you know, there's kind of like a weird, like, like the idea of spare spiritualism and people being, spiritual like you automatically kind of go with 
a religious thing where there's definitely a line between being spiritual and religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, it's almost like they shy away from, they shy away from it because they want to, I think it goes into that. They want to be the ones helping you type deal. I think it's one of those things. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why they had this big thing of division between church and state and our government yeah. that now they're erasing those lines. And unfortunately, the uh, the religion they're espousing is not at all Christian. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, hypocrisy and mean-spiritedness. Yeah. You know, we got some trouble without beating ourselves up over this stuff and get... They don't want to, they can't let go. If they do, they're doomed. Right. There's a, uh, you know, in the same way, I think too many businessmen and such entered the politics, you know, same thing with the religious world. There's too many businessmen in the religious world now. And uh, it's, there's almost like spiritual bullying going on. You'll see where like, there is like a holier than thou type deal. Well, we're all just, everybody's the same human, just a, a person. No one's better than anybody else. I don't, you know, I don't think the Pope's any better than this Alexander Hawk guy across from us on the screen here. You know what I mean? Um, they want you to think there's a big difference between them, but at the end of the day, there's really no difference between. Well, them. the truth you know, is, I, I'm actually the Pope. Much better than everybody else, I yeah. think uh, at least this Pope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not Catholic. I just, you know, that's just my opinion where he's coming from. Uh, but. You know, then you have these other religions like the Muslim religion where there is no central Pope-type figure. Yeah. Each church is its own entity uh, and its own interpretation of the Quran. And unfortunately, on paper, everything looks good. But when you put people into the equation... uh, you get a few weirdos who can't handle it and change it for their own edification, uh, ignoring the needs of the people it's supposed to be serving. Right. Yeah, it's very dangerous, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, wars are, you know, nobody's killed over anything else more than religion, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had all those holy wars, which are really just an excuse to conquer your neighbor. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we... Your neighbors, you know, just uh, to preserve ourselves so that we can uh, use 25% of the world's resources and you uh, with crumbs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all about control. I mean, whether you're controlling people through the government or you're controlling... Uh, people through religion, it's all about the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I read once, uh, going with the Catholic religion, that uh, the the term that most people know is that the meek will inherit the earth. But it was originally the scholars will inherit the earth. But then again, those in control don't want those that they're controlling to be intelligent so they said, oh, no, 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 the, the correct uh, phrase, what God said was the meek will inherit the earth. 
pretty much saying, oh, if you're meek and you do what you're supposed to do, you'll you'll uh, end up inheriting the earth, and we all know that's not how it works. Yeah. No, I, I worship cockroaches. <laughs> I, you know, that's as meek as shit, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when all that sludge, you know, uh, it, that uh, we bury comes up and, and pollutes everything, uh, the cockroaches will be the only ones left standing, I, I believe. So yeah. Now, there'll be a lot of other little microorganisms and things. They've got this one little microscopic animal that can live in space. Oh. It doesn't seem to be affected by that at all, you know, where we go out there and we, well, if we stay there long enough, we get disintegrated. Yeah. I think I think the next unfortunately I think the next species that that takes over the earth is probably already been born and is moving its way towards being the next dominant species, you know what I mean? And it's probably something like that. What, probably, like the artificial oh, intelligence? A gyre in the Pacific that uh, you know, are making a home out of Garbage and debris and uh, turning into something, but we've always done that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, oxygen, it decays everything around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hydrogen's pretty neutral, helium's pretty neutral, but they. Uh, they get really strange when you mess with them. Like if you freeze helium, it'll go right through a Pyrex uh, beaker. Mm. Like it's, a, you know, like it's made out of a screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, those, <laughs> some of those things are really interesting. The, you know, the way they interact with each other and with humans, if you, if you have to interact with them in a bad way, they'll finish you off. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're all, hopefully we're all here in a little bit. That's all I gotta say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got uh, more movies coming out. I want to live to see them. Yeah, I know the, the Once in Future Smash trailer just came out. It looked really good. No, it comes out the 29th of next month at Fright Fest in London at 4 p.m. Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie. The trailer is out though. I think right. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, the trailer is fun. Yeah, everybody go check it out. You know, got to check out the Greasy Strangler, of course. One of my favorite movies in the last ten years. It's fantastic. I just did an interview for the Video Dead. The Video Dead uh, classic from childhood. Yeah, I love the Video Dead too. Ah, uh, it's always a pleasure ever, Michael. For a year in at my neighborhood bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, I tell you, I hope we don't have to wear, you know, the big Ronnie grease on us. It's very possible. That is possible, though. I know I go, I bring it back, but it's not an impossible thing. That he, I think that, like I said, I think that heat's coming before the cold. Yeah. Oh, we're going to become the people like, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Star Trek Voyage or the Phage. Yeah. Where they were just one disease after another. We're, we're doing that one pretty good now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing too. You know, the sun. We get so much, 
you know, vitamin D, which fights off things like the COVID and stuff like that. And people don't think about the little things like how your immune system will drop because you're now not getting the appropriate sunlight or you're not getting, you know, if you're too cold, you know, too whatever. There's a lot, very fragile. The human body and everything's very fragile. Very fragile thing when you really get into it. You know I mean? It is. I know I was in Arizona a couple weeks ago uh, for a monster fest. Yeah. And it was 115 out. That will kill you. It'll turn you into a rattle. Yeah. <laughs> Drink five gallons of water an hour and not take a piss. That's harsh, man. That's yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine that. And we don't we don't even have enough water left for people to do that anymore. Yeah. And what we have is is toxic. It's like the Detroit water. You yeah. Light, you light it on fire when it comes out of your faucet, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's insanity. Well, Michael, this was an absolute pleasure. We thank you, you know what I mean? For being on the show. Anytime you need some kind of weird curmudgeon to rant about, <laughs> we always love talking with you. <laughs> we love it. We love it. I got your back, dude. <laughs> I appreciate it, and we appreciate it. Nothing but love for you, man. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Success to your uh, ode to the. Oh, what is this? The pale, yeah. Behold the pale podcast. Behold the pale podcast. The pale writer podcast. Oh yeah, the well, William Cooper. Yeah, got killed up. Behold the pale horse. Very famous uh, conspiracy book. That's where the uh, Julian Assange. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get in too much trouble though. We got to play it cool. He spoke the truth. I mean. Get you in trouble. Yeah. The truth yeah, gets you in trouble more than lies. No, nothing will get you killed quicker than the truth. And they have power. Yeah. It's scary, man. It's a, they get, the power is going to shift for it to get back to a good place overall. We're toast. Yeah. Just try and find people who are progressive yeah. and want to bring technology that we have instead of the technology that we we've proven will kill us right uh and if you vote vote for those people and you know like there's no pre-qualifying to be a politician anybody can be a politician yeah. uh run yourself if you think you you know you stand a chance, or you have an opinion that you you feel strongly about. There are enough people on this planet that there are, somebody will back you for sure. I mean, you if you if, so if you if you got those thoughts, other people do too. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. But sometimes they don't have the, the the you know the go ahead to get up there. And if you feel like you got it, then uh, you mean you're, you're the chosen one, and uh, the supporters are there to support and. You might be the leader. They just don't realize that they are. They can. No. All that you know, they they don't teach you that in school. I mean, schools should teach you, you know, basic math and 
English or, you know, a language and you shouldn't speak more than one language if you can. Yeah. They should teach you how to learn. Yeah. And I agree. They don't. They have a set thing. This is this. This is this. This is this. And you just become a bunch of parrots. That's what, I think that's what they want, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're easier. Well, they? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, have a good evening over there. You too. Thank you, sir. I'll talk yeah. to you soon. Have a good one. Take care. All right. Hey, you good or don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of here. Let me see. I got a button for you. All right. Oh, ready? Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with me forever. And I, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that. Well, yeah, you should come to my acting class at six. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hop on a plane. <laughs> no, I do. It's on Zoom. Uh, you want to you want to plug it? Huh? You want to plug it? Uh, yeah, except I don't know the name of it. It's uh, <laughs> Imaginative Productions uh, is one of the things. Uh, Sherry Carlson, uh, Compass Master. Uh, let's see, uh, the stand-up news is, uh, part of it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, that's really embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm there every day, every week. That's the important part. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Michael. Have a good night over there. Sorry about the Thank time you. thing. We'll hey. talk soon. I hope. I hope so, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Come to, come to uh, Midsummer Screen here at the uh, Long Beach Convention Center this weekend. <laughs> it's cooler. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. It's definitely. We're boiling. It's boiling over in Mass. Shit. Heck yeah. Where are you at? Mass. We're Massachusetts, East Coast. Oh. Yeah, it's like in the 90s, 97 or something like that today. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, well, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? I, as long as you apologize, everything's okay, you know? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy the evening. Yeah. Thank you, man. Talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye again. Goodbye again. Goodbye again. work. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. That button yet? I got Am it. I pull the plug. Pull the plug. All right, cool beans. That was Michael Saint Michael. The dude's the best. Uh, if you're not hip to the films, definitely get hip to the films. Video Dead, like you said, the Greasy Strangler, which I think it, the Greasy Strangler, I think, is one of the best indie comedies of the last 10 maybe 15 years it's that good um very quirky and fun 
Uh, a lot of good stuff. It's always a pleasure to have Michael on the show. We had him on the Boombasticast before. Great dude. Really love sitting down and talking with him. Very open always, you know. And he's just kind of a good dude to sit down and have a discussion with. And that's what we like to do here at the Behold the Pill podcast show. You know, he hooked us up with the blessings. And now we're soaring into the heights of the truth or true crime world. You know what I mean? We love it. Alexander, what did you think, my friend? I think it was a good uh, good conversation. I mean, I mean, the truth is uh, climate change is something that we have to tackle, yeah. uh, but no one wants to because there's so much money, you know, tied up, and no one wants to take that money and putting it towards change because whenever you're doing change – it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And, you know, you could do everything that you need to to make things more positive now, but you might not see the return in your investment until like five, six, seven, maybe ten years later. I mean... Yeah, well, I think unfor- it's... Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's how it is. But we have to start making changes now. Now... Those in the government and those in control, they're going to keep on saying, oh, you know, it's it's like another, you know, 100 years before we have to worry about it. Another 200 or 300 years. You know, you don't have to worry about it now. It's n- nothing's going to happen in your lifetime. And then, of course, the question you have to ask yourself, okay, maybe not in my lifetime, but what about my kids? What about my grandchildren? Do I... Don't I have a responsibility to, you know, those who are coming after me? You know, I mean, a lot of people just want to think, well, hey, you know, if it doesn't affect me personally, then why should I worry about it? Yeah, and, sadly, and, I think that's more of the problem, that part of it. You know yeah, I mean? because, I mean, everyone is, and, and that's what I think one of the biggest problems in is that when someone says, oh, you know, this is going to start affecting in our lifetime. A lot of other people are like, well, no, no, honestly, if you do these calculations, it's going to be farther down. But the truth is, whether it's farther down or it's going to happen tomorrow, we have to do the changes now. The only way we can try to sustain ourselves as a species is we got to make changes now because we have done so much to our, our planet. And of course, you'll have people like, "Oh, that's okay. We got, we got Elon Musk. He's he's making rockets. We'll we'll end up going to Mars, and and we'll terraform Mars into another Earth. And you know, fuck it. You know, we we destroyed this planet, but there's many other planets out there we can colonize. Right. And it's like, okay, first of all, there's no other planet like Earth that we can easily get to." Okay, at this point, okay, I yeah, we can possibly make changes to Mars, but I mean that requires a lot, even more money and more time and more resources than it would for us to sit down and start making changes now for what we are doing to our planet. Because I got news for you, I mean whether you like it or not, not. We have done so much harm to this planet throughout the years that it's catching up to us. And we got to start changing our behavior now, not tomorrow, 
not five years from now, not a hundred years from now. Now is when we have to change. I'm 110% down with you on that. You know, I also think that the fact that, you know, big corporation is a dirty business, you know what I mean? I think the what, what, you know, just running a big corporation, making all this stuff, pumping a lot of chemicals and weird shit into the air and into the earth and all types of crazy madness. So it's really kind of a tough call. Um, and I think it falls in. I don't like to be bleak uh, all the time, just some of the time, so most <laughs> of the time. But no, I really dude, do. Dude, be bleak. Don't well, don't sugarcoat it. Fuck well, it, like man. I, be like bleak said, as I, hell. Like I said, I'm with you on all this. I'm thinking it should be done, but I just, as a society, I don't know about humanity. The, I think humanity's humanity. Well, here's the thing: humanity doesn't care. Okay, humanity only worries about themselves. Okay. You know, fuck my children, fuck my grandchildren, who gives a fuck about them as long as I live long enough and die before any of the shit that I cause catches up to me. That's all I care about. That's the mentality of our society, okay? And unfortunately, that mentality has to change. Otherwise, you know, before you know it, this planet will be inhabitable. And we'll have to, you know, find a way to uh, survive and fix this place. But it might be too late because all the big governments, all they're thinking about is, oh, if we spend all this money, I will not be making these great bonuses I've been making before. Well, you know what? I got news for you. You've been living high off the hog for so many years. It's time for you to take that money and put it back and try to fix what you have caused. And unfortunately, no one wants to do it because that requires money, sacrifice, and one thing the rich does not know about, and that is sacrifice. Unless we're talking about children's sacrifice. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Satanic okay. Satanic sacrifice. As Satanic. long as they can feast on the, flet, on the flesh of, of the uh, innocent and the blood of... of, of uh, 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 you know, whatever. You done gone too far. You done, you done gone too far, man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll end it. I'll end it. I can sum it up with uh, quoting the great Jamie Josta. I see now mankind was not meant to last. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I think of that. I think that, um, and I know it's really bleak. Um, but I think that humanity kind of was not kind of meant to last. I think to think that humanity would be the, 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 the owners and the rulers of the world forever is kind of an egotistical thing to think. And I think that as much we're as not going people... e- We're not going to even last as long as the dinosaurs, okay? Because we're done within the dinosaurs, plain and simple. Well, we, to we degree... Think no, no, we think we're intelligent... But we're not. We're the dumbest creatures on this earth because we kill each other. Why? Okay, you're you're in you're in you're in the uh, great outdoors a while. You know, animals kill to eat and survive. They kill each other too. Yeah, but the thing is, we we don't we don't care. We kill for fun. That's what wars are for. That's for fun. We enjoy killing people. We well, enjoy hurting people. War is more people. for money. War is more for money and power. But, 
certain that, people get enjoyment out of it. Yeah, but, but, but here's the thing, okay? Yeah. You kill people for money and power. Why? So you can have fun. So you can have three mistresses, a yacht, and an island to yourself. Ego, yeah. man. I think ego, ego has got to be the it's most all, It all ties in, dude. I mean, that's why we live in the world we are and, and where the world is going to end up going to uh, to hell uh, pretty shortly. In a handbasket. In dinos- a handbasket. If the dinosaurs had iPads and iPhones, they'd probably be dead quicker, too. No, no, no because... Cor- technology they- corrupts. I, I Technology corrupts. It, 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 it comes from a positive place, but it's easily transform into something else where it's worshipped and uh, well I mean the thing place. is technology does not come from a good place it comes from an evil place it uh, comes from the want to control <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where technology comes from it's it comes from the need and the want to control you give people technology and things to keep them entertained it's easier to control them I mean heck that's what iPads, iPods, all those are for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why people are constantly staring at the things. It's an addiction. It's the same as heroin or crack cocaine. I mean, heck, you keep people distracted with that, you can pollute the earth, destroy the earth, and before you know it, and before they know it, they're standing waist deep in uh, in sludge. Technology comes from an evil place, not a smiling face. But we want to thank our smiling face, the great Michael St. Michaels, for being on the show. Always a dang pleasure to talk to him. Uh, returning guest in the world of Boombastic Media. Very close friend of the gang. And uh, mucho gracias for being one of our first guests on Behold the Pale. And with that being said... We'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold, 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 a pale podcast. We are making a very significant change to the chemical constituency of the atmosphere uh, and the oceans. Um, and one that is almost impossible to reverse. You know, when we look back on on these days in the future, we want to be able to say that we we did the actions that were were right, the actions that that were important. Because I think it's very difficult to say, you know, if you go say 20, 30, 40 years in the future, you know, what do you say to your kids or your grandkids? The year 2078, I will celebrate my 75th birthday. If I have children, maybe they will spend that day with me. Maybe they will ask me about you. Maybe they will ask why you didn't do anything while there still was time to act. You say you love your children above all else. And yet you're stealing their future in front of their very eyes. The scientists all say that these bad things are going to happen. It's like 97%. So like say, well, to your grandkids or kids, like, well, did nobody tell you? No, it's like, no, everyone was telling us. So why didn't you do anything? What's the answer? Um, I think it's very important that we do something. What we do now and in the next few years 
will profoundly affect the next few thousand years. We can create a world with clean air and water. Unlimited energy. I've been put on this planet to protect wildlife and wilderness areas, which in essence is going to help humanity. I want to have the purest oceans. I want to be able to drink water straight out of that creek. I want to stop the ozone layer. I want to save the world. And you know, money? Money's great. I can't get enough money. And you know what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to buy wilderness areas with it. Every single cent I get goes straight into conservation. And guess what, Charles? I don't give a rip who whose money it is, mate. I'll use it and I'll spend it on buying land. You only speak of green, eternal economic growth because you are too scared of being unpopular. You only talk about moving forward with the same bad ideas that got us into this mess. Even when the only sensible thing to do is pull the emergency brake. You are not mature enough to tell it like it is. Even that burden you leave to us children. But I don't care about being popular. I care about climate justice and a living planet. Our civilization is being sacrificed for the opportunity of a very small number of people to continue making enormous amounts of money. Nature has been largely predictable and stable. Now, in the space of one human lifetime, indeed, in the space of my lifetime, all that has changed. We're, we're running an experiment which is to see what the CO2 capacity of the oceans and atmosphere is before Earth gets cooked. I, I don't think that's a wise experiment. That experiment, let's say that experiment is 99% likely to show that CO2 is no problem, but 1% likely to show that it's going to cook the planet. I don't think we want to take that 1% chance. It's just not smart. The Holocene has ended. The Garden of Eden is no more. Th there's no question that at a certain level, uh, it will destroy the Earth or destroy large portions of the Earth. Um, the question is just what is that level um, and, and, and how soon do, do, we, do we stop pumping vast quantities of CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, given that oil and even coal are, are a finite resource, it doesn't seem to make sense that we would run that experiment when we have to get off them anyway because they're simply finite. Until you start focusing on what needs to be done rather than it's what is politically possible there is no hope. We cannot solve a crisis without treating it as a crisis. We need to keep the fossil fuels in the ground and we need to focus on equity. And if solutions within this system are so impossible to find, then maybe we should change the system itself. We have not come here to beg world leaders to care. You have ignored us in the past and you will ignore us again. You have run out of excuses and we are running out of time. We have come here to let you know that change is coming, whether you like it or not. The real power belongs to the people.